0: And Welcome to the Movie Scramble Podcast. We are back, back and back, and by that I mean all three of us are together in our own respective studio locations and we are back to review movies. It's been a while, it's been emotional, and eh, yeah, it's just been. So this evening I am joined by both of my colleagues, which is a wondrous treat to see both of their shining happy little faces. Uh, Alright, okay, fair enough. Yeah, I may be lying there. Okay. <laughs> uh, I am joined by my two colleagues on the Movie Scramble podcast. So, first up is young lady Mary. How are you doing?
1: Young lady Mary makes me sound like royalty. I quite like that. <laughs> um, I'm really good. I am honestly so, so happy. I know we went out and had our lovely little catch up, but actually to be back doing pause with you guys means everything. So, little heart. I'm very excited.
0: Excellent. We're hoping that Mary is uh, sort of curbed some of her right-wing tendencies and she'll she'll be pretty much with us. (laughs) Never. (laughs) (laughs) Also on the pod is Mr. Simpson. Thomas, how the hell are you doing?
2: I'm doing very well, John, thank you. Just to echo what Mary was saying there as well, that it's good to be back the three of us in the virtual room, so to speak, ready to talk about film and
0: trying to get cancelled, like we would do in the pub. Yes, yeah, the pub is a bit problematic sometimes, but hey-ho, a couple of Manhattans down and the world seems like a much nicer place, I must say. (laughs) On the podcast today, we are going to be reviewing two very recent films. Uh, Later on, we will be discussing John Wick 4, but we are going to start with a film called Sisiu, which has just got a release in the last couple of weeks
2: He was a Finnish commander lost his home and his family in the war He became a one man death squad Ah! He's one mean motherfucker that you do not want to mess with
0: It is film from Finland, it's directed by Jarmari Helander, and it's set in Finland during the tail end of the Second World War. The film opens with uh, an old guy prospecting for gold, he finds a tiny nugget, really really pleased with himself, and then basically finds a complete shit ton of the stuff and decides that he wants to cash out and actually just get some money rather than having all this shiny stuff about. So, packs it all on a horse, heads for town, And don't you know, he meets Nazis that are retreating away from Finland back into Norway because basically the war at this point isn't going particularly well for them. First, the Nazis just ignore him. Old man, he's heading towards basically certain death, as they say. Meets another bunch of them who don't treat him in the same way and basically shit happens. And from there... It really, really happens. It's fairly non-stop after that. It's just one action scene after another. Um, And considering that it's not a particularly long film, we'll talk about length later on when we talk about John Wick, no doubt. It is quite possibly one of the best films that I've seen this year. And I kind of suspect that my colleagues will echo the same sentiment. So I'll start with you, Mary. What are your initial thoughts on CisU?
1: So I don't think I can actually describe it accurately. And I did do a review for the site, but I don't even know if I've done it justice because it is 90 minutes off to use a semi phrase, just balls to the wall. I don't I mean, I watched the trailer and I knew it was going to be violent, but I don't think I was expecting I've never seen such excite like new and innovative ways to kill people <laughs> as in this film. Like I've I, I can't you uh, yeah I can't put it into words, which is not good for a podcast. I absolutely loved it. I thought it played well with this sort of trope of, you know, kind of Finnish men are very serious and very silent. And, you know, he's looking for gold. And you just think, oh, that poor wee grandpa is going to trick, you know, all this scorched earth and all the rest of it. Uh, you've got Axel Henny playing Bruno, the sort of uh, Nazi trip leader. I've absolutely loved him since I saw him in Headhunters, which is an adaptation of a Jonesville book. Um, and he's this perfect, you know, really steely-eyed, cap at a jaunty angle, no fucks given, sort of bad guy. So there's really clear, you know, binaries of who to root for and who you want to get fucked up. And my God, do they get fucked up? Like I said, I've never seen deaths like it. It was incredible.
0: Nice one. Uh, Yeah, totally agree with you. There's a a lot of invention in there, which I'm sure we will talk about. Thomas, your first thoughts?
2: For me, this is my film of the year. So far, <laughs>
1: nothing's I, had, been
2: I this. had so much, so much fun watching this, and I've had quite a hard week with assignments and that. As I've got submitted. I went, I'm going to go and watch this boss, and get a chance, cause I really want to see it. And I'm sitting, and I was just like hooked for ninety minutes. And there was points I burst out laughing, but not in a bad way, not in a mocking the film way. And I kind of, I can't believe I'm seeing this sort of way. It's unapologetic. It doesn't care if it's too violent. It doesn't care if there's no overarching message or depth to anything. It is just this old guy killing Nazis for 90 minutes, more or less, and whatever. It just it does what it says in the tin. more or less more or less. And it's just basically a kind an of action film. It's very low budget as well, the looks of it. And it really does show up. A lot of the Hollywood blockbusters that have been coming out in recent years, yeah, it's just an absolute blast. And the the performances are really good as well. And it's really well shot, well directed. There's not a lot of dialogue in the film. Our hero has a line at best the whole movie. And it just shows you that you don't need a lot of talking and words to get the story going. And yeah, if you go to someone and say, well, it's not much of a story, it's like, what's even better? It's
0: a simple plot. Yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense to keep it as simple as possible because that's the kind of thing that they do with, well, you'll know first-hand experience they do with short films. It's single idea. It's quite a straightforward plot that they usually have. And it's just however you execute that plot that makes the difference between a good film, a great film, and a really bad film. Uh, When there's too much on the go, then you just... get diverted. Now, that's not to say there's not a lot of interesting stuff going on in the film. There are wee subplots and stuff. There's all, the, the Nazis, as they're retreating, have taken what, five women hostage as well. So there there's elements in there of like a, a different sort of story and there's also a wee dog as well, which doesn't get the, the best of treatment because he keeps leaving it. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, the The director had stated that for the film he had a basic outline of point a to point b and he came up with scenarios in between so he had the story first and then he he plotted the action in between it rather than sometimes a hollywood film you're basically just stitching together action scenes and having plot you know to try and marry them all up so it was done it was done the proper way and what he said was, he would come up with ideas for these action beats, and then have to work out a way to get to get his protagonist out of the situation that he had put him in. And he said that was the worst part of it because he could come up with all these scenes. Let's say, and, you know, he's facing off a tank. How does he get away from that? What does he have to do? And obviously, not repeating himself. And that's one thing that that film definitely does not do is repeat itself. There's all sorts of different action scenes in there. Some close quarters, some, like I've mentioned, involving tanks, and there's there's a water-based sequence as well, and there's a plane, and there's all sorts of stuff going on there. And it's just, as you say, non-stop. It's just absolutely fantastic. So what did you think? Like you've mentioned there, Thomas, the the main role has no or very little dialogue It just has the story to explain it. Other people fill in the blanks about this old Finnish man. Uh, There's there's a very interesting scene quite early on where they've already confronted him once and they they report back to headquarters and the message they get back is, just leave him, just go in the opposite direction because he's got this reputation from a previous life. Now, you can tell that he's like a, a hard man and everything, but he's... It, it's it's not put across until he actually goes into action and this this isn't to say he's a, like a like an invincible character he he gets the shit being out of him there's i mean by the end of the film my god you know the guy's in a bit of a mess and all that but what did you think about the fact that they they went down that route which has starting to become more established of having an older actor actually in it and basically performing a lot of his own Stunt work and action work. That is pretty decent, you know. It's, it's it's a still a bit of a strange thing to do, but what do you think? Do you think they pulled it off? Do you think it worked?
2: Well definitely. Um I mean you just look at the guy and he looks like a total badass. Hmm. And that goes a long way to it. You know, it's like, yeah, it could be sweet grandpa in the pub type thing, but there's something in his eyes that tells you he's seen some stuff and he could fuck you up. If they wanted to. And I've actually seen that act in one of the directors are films, Red Exports. The Christmas Tale, I think it's called. The really evil Santa one. Oh. And that was more of a kind of a, a comedy. Very dark comedy at like that. But it was good to see they get the range of the character in that kind of sense. But in the other in the director for that matter, not this film is not if it was humour. It's a very fun it wants you to be entertained what's going on. It's not a realistic um, insight on a violent world. It's not a historical war drama in the sense that it's, it's what World War II was like. <laughs> but no, I like the fact that it's just an older character because it just, it, for me, it, it lent more weight to the character. I mean, if you've got this big army guy walking by, you're like, yeah, well, oh, the soldiers are going to mess, it's going to be tough and that. Uh, but they don't see him as a threat. They just see him as this old man they could just push about and bully and rob and they're gravely mistaken and just stared a bit early on when are told he's unfortunate <laughs> he's unfortunate that he only killed a handful of men and just saying like Get out, they'll leave them, but they can't and the guy looks like a viking he's like mm-hmm. a viking warrior in the film and i think his age helps he's portrayed with a character more
0: than anything yeah yeah definitely what do you think mary
1: yeah no totally agree i mean when the film starts you do get that hint because he's got the bullet what looks like bullet holes like on his shoulder and then this weird scar that almost looks like he's been autopsied because it's like the full length of his torso and so you're kind of going oh maybe he's been tortured or you know maybe he was at the front or whatever and you're right, there's not a lot of dialogue, but I'm a big fan of the fact that there's so many times where it was literally just maybe just tensed his his knuckles slightly, or there's a wee flicker of the eyes, and you're like, oh shit's about to go down. So you don't need all of that. But I think, yeah, the age lens, I sort of gravitas and it also gives the background of Lee well, been through all these different wars, and that's how he built up these skills. He wasn't just this like mental killing machine out of nowhere from rural Lapland or whatever he'd actually had the chance to serve and that's why he'd built up these skills. But I do love when they say to him, you know, the Russians call him the immortal. So although they say he's not invincible, they do say he is the immortal. And you know, how what What could they possibly have done else to this guy? He literally sets himself on fire at one point. (laughs) Comes out the other side totally fine. So there is. So it's almost like he plays into his own legend. And I love that there's loads of little scenes where the Nazis are sort of looking around at the forest or what's left of it, or sort of under their tanks or up at the sky, because it almost gives this illusion that he is this sort of like omnipresent, you know, immortal, as it were, who's coming to get them. And yeah, I think the the age lends the gravitas, but it also gives you an understanding of, yeah, he's picked up these skills legitimately he's not some like you know crazy grandpa living at the edge of a forest who just happens to be good at killing off entire bands of nazis there is a there's a slight depth to it
0: yeah. yeah yeah obviously with the the title itself "Sisu" is a word that doesn't really translate it's like best described as being sort of stoic determination or tenacity of purpose basically you don't give up until the, pers- the other person gives up. That's what it's all about. And that's what sort of made him this sort of legend in the first place. So in terms of the action, I've briefly sort of mentioned it before. A lot of it was very inventive. I'd seen some stuff like it before, but a lot of it was, you could tell that they put a lot of thought into it and everything. What was your favourite sort of, <laughs> your favourite killing spree? <laughs> <laughs> sounds bad
1: uh, me or Simmy
0: oh either either or and both of you obviously
1: I'm just going to jump in because I'll say this and then I'll get a fit in the giggles never have I ever <laughs> <laughs> and get his throat slipped so that somebody else could breathe some air <laughs> bubbles underwater <laughs> so it's a toss-up between that and the guy who got completely bulldozed by the tank because looking at his remains was absolutely incredible. And I don't know what that says about me, but honestly, shout out to the prosthetics team in that movie because, uh, yeah, usually if somebody gets rolled over or like there's like some sort of injury, the camera moves away. No, there was a lovely long tracking shot the length of his body while we saw the suit. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a toss up between those two. The throat's lit in the tank. So that's.
0: Yeah, it's a good wee bit after that with we'll the go. Was that Hans? <laughs> you know, the, the guys in the truck afterwards, I was kind of looking at ah. him. Uh, yeah, never mind. What about yourself, Thomas? <laughs> well, for me, I don't want to spoil the
2: final kill hmm. in the film, but for me, I just loved about <laughs> that, that. But again, I would spoil it. Um, the minefields, though, kinda of at the beginning. That was that was tense. That was one of my favourite scenes, and you've got the first analysis. are kind of like, Ah uh, well, they're really that scared of this guy. To you know, actually a bit worried about this guy. To just towards the end, John, they're terrified that you could be anywhere. But the minefield scene is incredible because the mines are going off. All the smoke and dust is there. The commanders sending his troops in, and just one by one, they're getting picked off in very inventive and creative ways. And mm-hmm. it's you just it it is so tense. Watching it, and you're just like you're waiting for the next explosion. It's very inventive, very creative, incredibly well executed, and a uh, hell of a lot of fun as well. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, my f- sort of favourite was the the one just before that, where he encounters the, the guys in the truck and basically takes them all out. Uh, just the way that he, he goes about that, because you, you haven't seen anything up until that point. And it's just the way that they, they filmed that action scene. It was all sort of mid-shot, so therefore he was doing all the action and everything. And it's just completely brutal, because it catches you off guard. You think, oh, maybe you'll be you'll be able to shoot a couple of the guys. But no, no, he goes completely to town on these guys. And it's horrific, the, the way that he actually ta- takes them all down. And then obviously that leads into the, uh, the main field scene. But jinx, aye. It's, it's brutal in a bit. So, uh-huh. so it's, I was bit,
2: it's about that kind of unapologeticness of the film and the violence is really over the top, it's really brutal in the knife scene when they stabbed the guy in the head you near know, the beginning of the knife for the first kill actually. Yeah. I'm just like, Whoa.
1: Oh and I jumped, because it kind yeah. of just and so there was it was very, very silent. And then, as I say, you've seen the trailer, so you know it's going to get a bit crazy. But I just wasn't expecting like a like a switch to flip, I and mean, then all of a sudden it was just kill, 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 kill for the rest of the film. But yeah, that was kind of brutal. I think first killing that did sort of make me jump a little bit.
2: Yeah, I mean that's a film as well. It's he's not but this noble cause. He's just what to go back. The they're Nazis—they're also insinuating that they've been raping these women as well, yeah. and it's just a very there's, no, as I say, there's no debt to the firm. I don't mean it in a bad way, it's the case of all these guys are Nazis, there's no noble causes here, the guy just wants to go and be left alone but he's going to murder every single Nazi that could cross his path in the meantime and if anybody's watching a film going, I think that Nazi had a bit of a hard time there they, they, they're <laughs> going to watch a film and think and really sorry for the Nazis getting their heads exploded and <laughs> nice in the face and <laughs> run over the tanks and all sorts, you know?
0: So We've obviously talked about the protagonist here, who obviously is a single figure. But what about the bad guys? not oh, what, what did you think? I thought
2: um, the main guy. Uh, what he his name again, Mary?
1: Uh, Bruno, played by Axel Henny. Yeah,
2: he was so so good. He just dripped absolute malice, and in... it was just detestable. He just looked detestable. He just looked evil. Yeah, and. Again, it's that way, there's no depth to the characters, there's no try to understand, there's no complex character study here. It's just this guy's the embodiment, really, of evil. He's wee sniper, first in command, next in command guy. He was just a horrible, slimy, disgusting person. And the others were just cannon fodder, and I was all there for it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like you don't need a An explanation, right? They're Nazis and therefore you're going to root for whoever is is working against them. I thought that Axel Henney was great. I love that. You know, there were so many times where he was just staring at him as if like he was looking right through him and he had this look on his face that was really quite dangerous. I can't really explain it. And then you've got Wolf, played by Jack Dolan, who's just Mm -hmm. this really obvious piece of shit like he's you know raping those women he's out there he's got the tank uh, gun um shooting at an old man in his dug like how dare you he's just this really obvious like horrible person and the sort of two the dynamic between the two works really well because they're obviously pushing these sort of younger soldiers into you know you go and test where the the mines are and they're <laughs> they're horrible even to their own, their own kind or whatever you want to call it but yeah I thought they were very very plausible villains but for very different reasons.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's that way it's like as well as you see the you've got the, the women characters and they're there to kinda of tell the story in a way they kinda of fill in some exposition. Mm-hmm. And again, it's that very simple, straightforward plot technique. There's nothing wasted in this film. Everything serves a purpose. Nothing's just true than to pad it out. Nothing is wasted, everything is used. Their involvement was great. I can't remember the but the name, her performance was excellent as well.
0: Yeah, the only sort of Nazi that had any sort of backstory was the the main one, Bruno. He had a bit of self-awareness about him because if you you think about it, at any point, they could have walked away after they lost maybe like half their, their troop, but they had to keep going. And he gave a very good explanation because he said, you know, when this war's over, we're not just going to be able to go back home, you know, we're completely fucked. It's basically, we're the bad guys here, you know, it's like the uh, Mitchell and Webb sketch where they're they're standing about wearing the Nazi uniforms, you know, we've stolen our (laughs) uniforms. Are we the bad guys? So he's aware that he's not going to have any sort of post-war activities. He's going to get, you know, put up against a, a wall and shot. So he's trying to find a way out and that the gold for him and tangentially for the rest of the the guys is their way out, their way of actually getting away from it. So there is a wee bit of a backstory, but not too much so that, like I say, it doesn't go into any depth with these characters because it doesn't need to. It focuses on the main idea that it's a revenge tale and it's not a revenge tale for any moral reasons. It's just he wants his stuff back, you know, so he can get his money or whatever so yeah I, it works really really well so what else did you like about this film you've obviously mentioned the, the cinematography somebody, mm-hmm. as well and the fact that it wasn't an expensive film do you think uh, more money would have made any difference or do you think it was just right the way it was
2: for me it was just right exactly how it was. Um, it was just right how it was. And uh, this isn't a film that needs remade with a bigger budget or that. This is a filmmaker that has used what resources it has to deliver the best film he could on the budget he had. And yeah, it's not as if it's some of the special effects or like groundbreaking. Is a bit towards the end. Is, it gets away with that because of how over the top it is. It's not you're watching a bit at the end of the spoil anything, but you can see where the CGI is and the practical effects and that is, you're not like, it doesn't take you out of the film either, because it's no. so extreme how it's happening, but then the violence is, I wouldn't say it's necessarily realistic as such, but it's, it doesn't look stupid, nothing, it doesn't look stupid, you know.
0: Yeah, it doesn't break the laws of physics, does it? Uh, no, it's not bad.
2: Yes, past
0: <laughs> ten fine, but fast nine not so much. Apparently, the budget for the film was six million euros, which is about a what, bargain five and at half, the price—about five and <laughs> half million pounds. So, yeah, you can see that uh, they've sort of stretched every penny in the budget as well. So, yeah, yep, I think it's it's quite an achievement for the director and everybody involved with it. So, yeah. So, anything else you'd like to? mentioned while we're still on the subject
1: i just really like the chapters because it gave it that sort of i know i've yes. said kind of yes, tarantino esque but the one that was the one that was just called kill em all i was like oh fuck yeah where is this going now like this is so good so i really like that and i also like it's like that kind of throat singing that was used throughout because to me mm-hmm. that's quite quite a masculine quite testosterone thing. it's very deep it's very guttural and it, it was used sparingly but i thought it worked really well for the type of film that it is that obviously he is a sort of like almost kind of hyper masculine version of a of a soldier or, or whatever you want to call it. So I thought that worked really well, but yeah, the chapter titles in particular gave me a, a few chuckles, and a, as I say, kill 'em all stands out as being my favourite.
0: Yeah, right. And the way that they actually displayed the titles as well for the chapters, it started off quite clear and then as it yeah. got to like the fifth and sixth, it was like almost like covered in blood and stuff like that. So yeah. 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 Oh, but, I
2: had yeah. that old gunslinger, Western, You would say as well, that yeah. really helped um that white hats, black hats.
0: Yeah, and, it's and, you know, not a million miles away from a spaghetti western, to be yeah. perfectly honest.
1: So- that's what I was even thinking the cinematography because obviously you know it's quite washed out and as they've explained the Nazis have basically burned everything in Finland so quite often it's just him and one other person almost like brackets at the edge of the screen and that's very western it's literally a you know a face-off or whatever you want to call it so I, I really like that element of it as well as it is obviously it's an action film it's a sort of World War II film as well but yeah there was lots of elements of it that you were like this feels like an old-fashioned cowboy film it's it was really well done.
0: Yeah, even down to the sort of the, the sparse landscape. Yeah. Sort of the the scrubland and it's, it's, it's almost like a like I say a washed out desert landscape as well. So and, and, and make good th- use of smoke and all that sort of stuff, like say when the yeah. when the minefields started to go up.
2: And that's the thing that really can intrigue kind of, me and was really tense for me when the film started was where's he gonna hide?
1: Yeah. That was my thought as well because there was no trees left.
2: Yeah, yeah. i right. there's just open land. They've all got machine guns. He has nothing. How is he going to get out of this? Genius creativity.
0: Yeah, I know. Although it is one of these films that, if it actually followed any sort of logic, it would be finished in about two minutes. Yeah. Because at the very start of it, the the second in command, the I can't remember the guy's name wolf did you say his name wolf, yeah, uh, yeah he was going to shoot him so if he'd shot him that'd have been it they'd have got the golden <laughs> left you know <laughs> but obviously the story uh, doesn't dictate that to us uh, they, they basically want the horrors to unfold afterwards but i always like looking at these things if you did actually you know they've uh, they've worked their way across finland killing and raping anything that they found and yet with this old guy they say ah, just let him go he'll, he'll be he's uh, going to be dead in a minute anyway you know
2: that's the fact they do know he's going to come across those Nazis further up the road yeah and so the landmines he, as well
1: potentially
2: yeah so. they knew I think, I think almost he got a kick out of the fact that he knew he was walking towards a certain death but I mean, you hear the gunfire originally
0: mm-hmm.
2: Um mm-hmm. I mean that's the guy kind of like turns around and smirks because mm-hmm. he knows that's having taken care of then there's a silence there's more gunfire it's like Hold oh, on a minute. <laughs> <get out> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I get what you mean. That was kind of like character, yeah, just shot and type thing. But it was almost that more. It was more evil. He's like, you know what? Leave him. That, that's that's too quick a death for him. Type yeah. thing. Don't waste yeah. do it. But yeah, quite, he yeah. is actually loosely inspired by a real guy.
1: Oh wow! Well. What?
2: He's a Finnish sniper. Are you uh, serious? Yeah. Well, I need to look this up. That sounds
1: incredible.
2: I'm not going to try and pronounce the guy's name, but his nickname was the White Death. Wow! Do
1: you and remember you guys like, told me Finland didn't exist?
2: Oh yeah, that's right, it doesn't exist.
1: Yep.
2: Only in films. Well, have you noticed there's nothing? noticed there's nothing in Finland?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just scorched earth. Yeah, nothing yeah,
0: at all. That's lost our Finnish audience now. That's brilliant. Yep. <laughs> well, honestly, anyway.
1: that's. <laughs> That's all I could think of. Obviously, they weren't speaking Finnish right up, up until the sort of very end, but all I could think of during this was, John and Sammy told me Finland didn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs>
0: oh, dear, dear, dear. So, having talked about it for a wee while now, would you both recommend this? I kind of think I know what the answer to this is anyway, but would you both recommend this film? I've
2: been oh, telling yes. everybody anybody yeah. to watch this yeah. film. Oh, it does. Have you been accosted yeah. in the street by Sammy telling you to watch Sisu? Yeah. You know
0: why. You know why. I'm just walking about placards on the poster. <laughs> Ask
1: me about Sisu.
2: Right. <laughs> <laughs> Try to usher people into the cinema. I had one guy come up to me and say his granddaughter and in the war and it was that insensitive, so he's not going to go and see <laughs> <laughs> I it. i think say Guy was made.
1: With you, I don't even know if you're joking half the time.
0: I'm just like, Did you? Yeah, did that happen in the forge? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we can take that pretty much as a recommendation from all three of us. Yeah, spot on. I think it was right up there. And I think I know it's a bit early to say, but in our end of year lists, I suspect it will be featured. um I, I'll be surprised if I see 10 better films. Yeah, yeah, I can't see it the being in the, the top 10. No, this is definitely going to be there. Excellent. So now we move on to another action film John Wick, chapter 4. Have you given any thought to where this ends? The table will never stop. You know this. No one. Even you can kill
1: everyone.
0: You ready, John? Yeah. Again, directed by Chad Stahelski. Features the one and only Keanu Reeves. This time, he's joined by Donnie Yen, Bill Skarsgård. Also, uh, Scott Adkins is in it as well. Uh, very funny turn from him, and returning characters such as Lance Fishburne, one of the final roles for Lance Reddick on screen, and Ian McShane as well. The story this time it basically follows on straight from the end of John Wick Chapter Three: Parabellum, where, and I'm going to spoil the end of the film for you if you haven't seen it. If you haven't seen it, the why are you listening to a review about the fourth <laughs> film? Really, come on. You need to. It's on, them. It's on them. Yeah, you need to have a, a good long look at yourself. That's what you need to do. <laughs> or, as, as I was uh, always told when I was young, you need to have your word by yourself, son. So, go <laughs> on with it. Basically, at the end of chapter three, John Wick is shot and falls off the top of the Continental Hotel building in New York and is assumed dead, although the body is never found. He is actually taken away by the Bowery King and his guys, and the fourth film starts off with John Wick trying to exact vengeance on the high table. Now, this film then takes him to Morocco, where he meets up with one of the elders of the high table. At this point, he is still excommunicado, uh, when they figure out that he's still alive, and what comes to pass is there's a new character called the Marquis, who is played by Bill Skarsgård. This quite effete man who is pushing basically to be in charge of everything. He takes the Continental away from Winston, makes the hotel excommunicado, destroys it at one point, and basically starts going after basically looks to find and kill John Wick. Now, John Wick, what he does is he seeks refuge in Osaka at the Continental there. Some of his old friends are there, and from there basically death and destruction follows him. Now, this is a very different film from the first one. A lot of similar action to it in terms of the way that action stage is very inventive of but this film is 1 minute short or no not 1 minute 11 minutes short of 3 hours which is a hell of a long time for an action film and i'll be interested to find out whether you think it actually sustains at running time so i shall come to you first thomas on this one initial thoughts on Jonathan coming back for a fourth time.
2: Well, the first films were my favourite action films of the last 10, 20 years. Um again, simple plot. Man's dog dies, goes on a revenge mission. We can go wrong? My problems with the films, at the time we go to the third one, the story got really convoluted. I hadn't a had clue what was going on, which in these kind of films is fine if the story wasn't so front and center at that point. It was taking about the film a lot, I'm trying to figure out if all these different characters were and all this depth to the world that it created it kind of lost me. So when the fourth one came out, and it was going to be, as you said, almost three hours long, I was very sceptical to how they were going to pull it off, and I was thankfully prized that they managed to do it. Um, we still had a lot of the lore in the mythology of the film, but I didn't feel it was on your face as much, and the action was incredible, and it did keep me hooked. For
0: the near three
1: hours. Mm-hmm. Excellent, Mary. Yeah, I must admit, I went into this, to be quite honest, not remembering fully what had happened in the third one. I just knew that I didn't like it as much as the previous ones. Obviously, I knew it was meant to be dead, but because I, so I was kind of thinking, mm, is it? Because they said it's going to be the last one, so I was like, how are they going to wrap this up? Is this going to be? Then I saw the runtime, and I was like. Fuck, I don't think, without making me sound thick, I don't think I can keep up with this for that amount of time. If they introduce more characters or there's more sort of elements to the the high table, all this sort of thing, I didn't think it was going to be for me. However, very pleasantly surprised. I think it's one of the strongest action films I've seen in a long, long time. And three hours? What, three hours? I thought it flew in. I thought it was great.
0: Yeah, same. I mean, I'm now at an age where I have to consider toilet breaks and stuff like that. And I don't like to do that during films because of FOMO. You know, I am I'm almost assured that whenever I walk out something monumental will happen and I'll miss it and I'll come back in and I'll be like, what the fuck just happened? why why are those two fighting together now? You know, why why is it why is it completely changed? So you have to time it and prepare. I don't mean like going to training or anything like two weeks before <laughs> or anything like that. But uh you just have to be aware that it's a long running time. In preparation for these films, I watched the first three again, uh, like maybe two or three days before it, watched one a day. And what I found was that the consistency was right up there for all three of them in terms of the invention or the action scenes and everything. And that followed through into the fourth film quite nicely. It was a, a bit of a change of pace, the fourth film, in that it didn't start with an action scene it started quite quietly it was his recuperation it took its time which it kind of had to because he's not superman you know he's he's flesh and bone and if something happens to him then he's going to take time to recover and you know falling off a building <laughs> kind of necessitates you, you take a couple of days off to recuperate things like now, that
1: see, if only his employer had glued the window shut exactly <laughs>
0: Best,
2: great, dang, quote,
0: best. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've got to remember it was his employer that shot him. And- no, that's <laughs> that is true, that is true. So, yeah. so, yes, I thought that it didn't feel like a three-hour film at all. Really enjoyed it. It was quick enough that you didn't get bored at any point. I enjoyed all the action within it and it still moved at a fair pace and because, especially films two and three, they had introduced an awful lot of lore of the the world of the assassins they didn't add really anything to that, they didn't need to because there was enough there which formed the background and now there's a new continental but you know there's continentals dotted all over the world so that's not something new, you know that he's had this like very sort of successful past all over the world killing people so he is well known in all these places and he's made a lot of friends which obviously informs all as well so yeah i i I got it right from the start and i just because you're familiar with the previous stories you can just sit back and go yeah it's good somebody coming into completely blind watching four and nothing else will just be going what the hell's going on for the first like 45 minutes they won't have a clue because, like I say, there's a slow start to it. This is recuperation before he actually goes and does something. So you're kind of going, "Yep, what's going on here?" It's a wee bit strange. So just dive into the the characters themselves. Obviously, they've introduced a new bad guy this time, Bill Skarsgård, who obviously was very very creepy as Pennywise. Now, this performance for me was a little bit more low key, but Fairly effective. What did you guys think of him as the, the, the main baddie in these proceedings?
2: Yeah, I liked him. Um, not my favourite performance by him, not my favourite bad guy in these films either, I prefer. But it's like we did another European uh, villain, <laughs> well, John worked up against here.
1: Vincent Casale uh, must have been busy.
2: <laughs> I, well, <laughs> <not> problematic. But <laughs> I liked his performance because it was just. It just—it was understated, but it was still quite hammy in a scenery, of chewing tight way, and oh, God, yeah. it was—it just basically played up to the fact that I am this evil European billionaire villain type James Bondesque villain almost. And yeah, I liked it. It's just my only thing, I suppose, was John Wick films was almost like a computer game as well, and he was kind of like the, the final boss, but you never held him for a film. Hmm. Maybe that was the only little thing. I, thought, I think I think it'd be good if it was we're building up to this final final villain which clearly they were in one way for me just getting the character introduced in the last form you kind of like right hey, cool the stakes remember that's something that was performance to be fair but I just didn't really feel that it was this arch nemesis of John Wick in a way but I'm kind of direct, but the performance wise um, yeah like it was just it's what you want from your villains like that Nice. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, it had yeah. a
2: miniature. It had a miniature models as well. I mean, all good European villains should stand over European miniatures at some point. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh dear! I mean, I'm going to disagree slightly because I don't think it was overly hammy. Because I think the film in I think the, the film franchise in general leans into hyperbole quite a lot right, I mean he literally fell off a building and survived so I'm going to forgive some of the scenery chewing, um, but I like the fact that he was a contrast to so many of the characters I've encountered, not just in terms of personality but also just in terms of the way that he dressed because albeit he was suited and booted it was maybe like a suit with like sequins down it or like you know it's like feathers involved at one point or everything's all very like color coded, and it's very like ostentatious it's just the contrast to this seemingly anonymous john wick who's cutting about in the black suit right so i actually did really like it um a complete change to i know john you and i had talked about him in barbarian and that was a very quiet very understated performance where you were like oh fuck, what's he gonna do next whereas in this one he you know it was all it would put, uh, what do you call him, Jim Carrey's the Riddler to shame at times. <laughs> but I actually quite like that. I thought it really worked as a nice contrast to the seriousness, the heaviness, the sort of um, sobriety of the rest of it. And here he is cutting about in peacock feathers and diamonds. I was like, yeah, okay, I'm okay with this.
0: Yeah, having high level oh. meetings at pony <laughs> pony <laughs> events and all sorts of things. Yeah, no.
2: I did like the fact these characters got the marquee. He just it sounds like a villain.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was an awful lot of velvet on display as well. At one point, point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, like a, like tables full of food, and he eats like two things, and then just walks away from it. And obviously, you're saying, "What well, did, did the henchman got all the leftovers or something?" You know. <laughs> I be so, <laughs> <laughs> so in contrast to that, obviously, we have Kenny Reeves returning uh, in the title role, which was actually the. the I found a wee fact about that. John Wick is actually the grandfather of the writer of the, the mm-hmm. film. That's, so that's where they got the name from. For Anyway, right. so he's back again. Now, he is a character that's very similar to the main character in Sisu. I think he had something like 45 words or something he spoke. There was very, very little oh. dialogue dialogue or 45 lines I think it was of dialogue they had he actually get some cut out because he felt it was too much in there it's very, it's very much the Steve McQueen school of acting and that he used to go through scripts and just wipe out lines and just say no nah, I'm not going to say that I'm not going to say that it was all done through actions it was all done through looks rather than actually having to emote and you know you're leaving a certain amount up to the audience about it so Was he as good? Was he better? Was he worse than we've seen him in the previous ones? What do you think, Mary? Stop fiddling Um, your screen.
1: No, sorry, do you know what it is? My screen (laughs) keeps freezing and the only way I can get it to reset is if I put my laptop down the back. Sorry. Anyways, I'm going to float this out there. I don't think Keanu Reeves is a very good actor. (laughs) And I think the delivery of his lines in in the John Wick franchise is pretty fucking terrible. So I'm okay with him saying... The bare minimum I'd rather watch him you know kick people's ass than have him you know emote or whatever I think that as a character he really works in the same way that the main character of uh, CC works in the sense that we don't need him to tell us his whole life story we don't need him to narrate what he's doing we just want to see him do because that's literally why you go to these films right because it's an action film so I think that well, I'm not Keanu Reeves' biggest fan, I think his approach to this character certainly works and it, and it pays off. I think he's a character that you want to see more of, although I, having said that, I'm quite glad that they're saying, okay, this is the fourth one. It's done, because I don't I don't know where else they could take him, but that's a conversation for maybe later on. But I think he's he's good at what he does, but he doesn't need to say any more because his delivery is quite wonderful.
0: I, I wouldn't disagree with you over his delivery. He's got a very stilted sort of act. Acting style, yeah. anyway, which does him no harm a lot of the time. He's, he's. I think he's good. Right. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, I mean, he's I'm sure smart. he's not crying
1: into his millions because <laughs> I've just said I think his line delivery is pretty terrible. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. that's not going to happen. I just think that for me, I I don't need a character like that, to, as I say, to constantly be narrating what they're doing or you know verbalizing deep emotions. I, I do just want to go and see you kill people. That's that's pretty much it.
0: I don't think he's showing his age, though.
1: No no, no, not. Not. no, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Him I mean, and Paul people... Rudd clearly bath in the same virgin blood every night, and that's why they both look so <laughs> beautiful, right? They
2: bought a no Gibson.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the trade in monkey glands has certainly increased over the last 10 years or so, hasn't it? Yeah.
1: I mean, that's
2: the thing. He's only six years younger than a man from Caesar, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Is
2: he? I, that's crazy, yeah.
1: And I won't lie; you would think there was decades between them,
2: wouldn't you? Talk about, talk about that kind of older action style type thing. It's um, yeah. guys pushing sixty, and yeah, you the ball grows up. You can't even sort see them like visibly at the age of the years, but you're watching this film going, and it's definitely kind of like sixty, and he's still kicking ass.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's impressive the, the amount of work that he puts in to his performance, and he's obviously totally dedicated to it. And he's said that on a number of occasions mm-hmm. that. He, he enjoys doing these films and he enjoys the, the preparation, like doing the, doing the work because it all shows on screen. They can do an awful lot because they've got a, a lead that they can show doing all this stuff without the need of like shooting from behind and all this. There are some stunt performers in it, and he has said that he's been very vocal about the fact that there are some th- just some things that he cannot do and he's not alone. Like, well, to building. Do... yeah we fall <laughs> off a building yeah <laughs> although but I'm sure that... he would want to give it a go
2: I don't get on Cruise ideas but <laughs> it's, it's that kind of thing it's, it gives that authenticity as well when you see an actor doing a lot of their own stunts which I, help, mm. I think also helps you be in the film especially as yep. an older actor as well because you're like oh
1: it gives him a vulnerability though as a character as well because he is older and he has obviously the character has been damaged by you know this fall from a great height etc so there is that vulnerability there but some of the you know the fight choreography in this i mean it's it's like ballet. Like everyone mm. has like the exact, you know, right place to put their hand at this time. And you can see it's him. So there is absolutely an authenticity in there. And there's no denying that's something he's clearly very passionate about. So, like I said, I'm quite happy for him to focus on, you know, killing people or doing whatever. I don't need him to narrate everything for me, because just watching how he moves and his physicality and he shows signs of injury as well, which I think is really realistic. Cause so often in these films when people get, you know, shot or beaten up or whatever, they just walk away as if nothing ever happened but he shows sign of injury which I think is quite an interesting uh, element of the he's, character as he's, well. His
0: walk
2: is very unique in the film, yeah. he walks a very specific way there's it's almost, it's, it's, it goes back to what you said about the injuries there, he's walking like a guy been had a bit of a kicking and he's yeah. struggling to walk and it's painful to do so but he can't do anything else, he has to keep going.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, for some actors, the, the walk is the first thing that they try to get right, to get into the character. John Travolta was very famous for doing that. He, he got the, the way that the character moved first, then that was his starting point for actually going into it. Obviously, it didn't help with like uh, some of the films that he did. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, early on, obviously, he was very famous for, I mean, Saturday Night Fever, for instance, where the open yeah. scene of that, it's all about the, the attitude yeah. Of the, hmm. the character, and here, yeah, you're right. He looks, and when you when you see him walking, he looks as if he's in pain all of the time. It's almost like a struggle for him to actually just walk in a straight line, because he he's been hit so many times in the legs and uh, the hip and everything like that. So yeah. So moving on from there, obviously, what everybody goes to see these films for is the action scenes themselves. This is on a completely different level, obviously, to Sissu. It's a completely different type of film. It costs $100 million to make, which is, I think, the the way that it's worked is that the budget has roughly doubled with each film. So it started off, it was only like $15 million or something that's spent on the first film, and obviously really Mm -hmm. stretched that. Partly that was to do with the fact that there were so many action scenes, but the director was a former stuntman and stunt coordinator. Mm -hmm. So he knew how to set these action scenes up and things like that. Do you think the action scenes were on a par with previous films or do you think they were what they were hoping for as in another step above, as in it was that wee bit more to the action?
2: For me, it was... Like I said, I wasn't the biggest fan of the third film, and I can't no remember a lot of the set pieces in it. Um, the horse. <laughs> yeah, that's all I remember the horse. Yeah. And the whole time thinking, why is he shooting the horse?
1: I'm but, so glad that we got that insight into your mind. Yeah. Fuck's
2: <laughs> Tommy. Yeah. But no, with us, it, Mary, you had the idea of, kind of ballet. It's so well choreographed, and it's so fun to watch. It's, it's quite violent, obviously, but it's not got like the same brutality as for example. 500 people get shot in the film. And I'm just like, yeah, it's, just, it's not a realistic depiction of gun violence. But it is some cracking set pieces over the top, you know. It's not a documentary. <laughs> this season, at the season of the Art of Triomphe was brilliant just because it was so tense and you're just watching it, thinking, ah, at that because it was just so fast paced as you're these cars flying past them. Um, and if anybody's actually ever been there, that's a horrendous roundabout. It's absolutely careless, it's mental. Um, for me, the set pieces did kick up a gear a way that it was a bit daft that everybody was bulletproof at one point, so it was almost, it was almost like they're all like uh, shooting each other with like airsoft guns, and hmm. bullets just off each other because of a little bit of bulletproof suits. and I'm like, it's still killed though,
1: yeah. <laughs> I mean I definitely think this is I think it it was almost like the perfect goodbye I think they really went all Mm -hmm. out in terms of what they had to offer I loved the fight sequence in the Osaka Continental I think I tried to work out how long that went on for because it was I mean they literally went through room through room just you know as you say kicking the shit out of each other he gets the nunchucks out all this sort of thing but it was I could watch that like over and over again, just as a scene mm. on its own. It was just, it was so perfect and so well done. The artist triomphe scene, as you said, traffic dodging was making me feel physically sick because I was like, someone's going to get run over here, as if that was, you know, the most important thing that was going to happen. Um, but I think for me, the standout was the overhead shot where he's going through the room with the devil's breath ammo. Oh, and yeah. you're literally just watching that, like almost. Like a flamethrower just like shoot across the room and you've got those really beautiful you know almost making it look like a sort of doll's house type of thing as he weaves through those rooms that to me was one of the most stunning set pieces i've ever seen never made in this franchise just ever it was so well done and again just loaded with tension although you kind of have these assumptions that he's gonna make it to the end of the film one way or another i i don't think that ever takes away from the tension that you feel when you're watching these scenes no, definitely not.
0: The The overhead one was very sort of reminiscent of a game. It, it was that kind of idea, the the overhead shot. Very like a, a an action game, I thought. But it worked superbly well. It was just very, very good. I mean, there were so many good action scenes. The, the, the Art de Triumph one, I was just sitting there going, I've never seen anything like this in my life. That's mm. unbelievable. And if you just think about it purely on a technical level, <laughs> How the hell did they manage to pull it off?
1: So this is what I wanted to know. Do you think that was all stunt drivers, or was that? Like, oh yeah, legitimate? Had to be, yeah, we we've set up we've set up a wee sign saying Keanu Reeves is going to be here, but drive normally as you would. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, there was the the director was interviewed specifically about that sequence, and they spent like it was a good couple of months setting it up. And wow. even when even when they set it up, they didn't know if it was going to be successful just because of the. The variables—just so many cars and so many things that could go wrong—actually uh, on the the nights that they did, and obviously there was night shoots and all that as well, which adds extra sort of complexity into it as well. But yeah, it was just it was absolutely amazing. I did like the the scene on the, the steps up to the Sacré Coeur. Yeah. Oh yeah. Where he's, he's, you know, and and it's just this relentless killing guys and like throwing them down and all that, and then when he gets up. Almost to the top and gets knocked away back down to the bottom. The whole the whole cinema I was with were all just burst out laughing when he tumbled all the way back down. I was just thinking Fum.
2: there was a couple of bits watching that scene. Uh, I remember like my heart sunk when it started rolling back down. But a couple of times I thought, You could have stopped yourself a bit. Someone you can actually see the stuntman push himself. Yeah. Towards his face. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, uh, Okay. Again, yeah, no, yep, no, right. I'm like, just going to do a wee, a wee teeny bit, I was like, you can clearly say you're pushing yourself <laughs> to get that extra step.
1: I do feel like though, like I said, these are all very like uh, over the top, these films. I do think you suspend some sort of disbelief on it because you I, just, ex- I, it's like the world's like worst game score. of, yeah, it's like, I think a lot the world's worst
2: game of sticking ladders. <laughs> I think at I, I the time I've got to... Um... I'm on the stairs because I've suspended quite a lot of disbelief in the <laughs>
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, and that's that's completely fair. I just, I would, I'd, I, yeah, I, can't, I know, that will always stay in my head that there's 222 stairs to the top, the top of Saka but you're right, I think every time he got so far and he plummeted back down and you were just like, fuck's sake.
2: It wasn't but, even an idea of that because I'm thinking of, of you know, the momentum stuff but you could, there was a couple of things, you could see the stunt, man. you could see him kind of like, it was slow and then it would push himself to get the extra momentum I'm like, hmm. I was are, honestly, you honestly,
1: kinda, are you honestly going to in a complaint and say I saw you push yourself? <laughs> Two stars. More,
2: for me, it was almost like seeing the boom mic in the shot. No, I get you. That's get what you. it was kind of like. It wasn't a kind of case of the disbelief the idea that it would fall in all these steps. It was the the movie. It was, it was, it was like seeing the boom mic. It took me out the film slightly.
0: <laughs> so, what did you think of the fact that you know, the the newer characters that were introduced? Obviously, we had a major one in the Donnie Yen character Mm -hmm. playing a blind martial arts expert again (laughs) I mean geez oh man he's cornered the market in that one hasn't he but there was also smaller parts obviously was it Clancy Brown was in it as well and previously I mentioned Scott Adkins as well now Scott Adkins sequences were brilliant with him and I noticed there wasn't any complaints about him wearing a fat suit (laughs) <laughs> Compared to more serious films that were out there, the, he seemed to have got away with it quite easily. What did you swear think? I
1: I didn't mm-hmm. know who he was. No, so I them. honestly thought I was when he was doing the fight scenes, I was like, Oh my god, that guy can really move. I actually feel so bad. <laughs> and I also thought Donnie Yen was blind because all I've ever seen him play was was blind characters. So um well,
2: I think- he's actually met- he's to his role, he actually blinded himself. <laughs>
1: part of me was thinking surely they didn't have a blind man do all of this because this seems very dangerous and that just shows you how stupid I am when it comes to these films but I do think that there's no blind men in
0: Finland either
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, honestly I do think that they were introduced well they were used well it wasn't like oh fuck they're piling extra characters on they were there to Push the the narrative forward. So in that sense, when they were introduced, it wasn't like, oh shit, I'm going to have to remember who they are later or who are they in relation to X, Y, and Z. I thought they were, you know, for the the time that, especially Scott Adkins' character was there for a sort of shorter period of time, they were there to move the plot along. It it seemed like more good fun. It felt like they were having good fun in the roles, and actually, I have no objections to stuff like that when it does feel like it's further in the plot as opposed to just adding more layers on for the sake of adding more layers on.
0: Yeah, I particularly liked the Donnie Yen one because it added another dimension to the action scenes because they, they showed in quite great detail the way that he was able to move around and the way that he used objects and everything, sort of almost like an, like sonar, if you like, yeah. in order to figure out where he was and where everybody was and obviously using his heightened senses. It's just... it was. Very, very well done. And he was almost like a, he was a very reluctant assassin. You know, it's like, you know, he almost got out and then he pulled him back in again for one last job, you know, that kind of thing. I uh, thought he was he was excellent in it. Uh, it was, and it was a nice change of pace for a character as well, because even though he was uh, on the other side of it, he was very sympathetic mm-hmm. because he. there was obviously they'd introduced elements to us as to why he was brought in to um, hunt down John Wick and obviously eventually try and kill him. And it didn't make him out to be this just sort of generic bad guy. Whereas in previous films, sort of the bad guy has just been a bad guy. You know, it's just, it, and it doesn't work as well because you, you just need sort of shades and then you need, oh, well, shades. I see what I did there? No.
1: on <laughs> the end, with shades. Oh,
0: wow, yeah. <laughs> but yes, it did work. Very, very well. So, as Mary has pointed out already, this is quite possibly the last film, or well, the last John Wick film. It yeah. is obviously not the end of the, <laughs> the John Wick universe.
1: No, because, not a word again.
0: <laughs> uh, there's the long-touted television series based around the Continental, which Ian McShane has been reported to have been involved in, in one form or another. And there is also the spin-off film Ballerina as well. Which oh, is yeah. going to focus on basically the people within John Wick's past because not so much in this film but in the third film was a lot there's a big sequence. It was Angelica Houston's character mm-hmm. and it was all his family and everything. And they ran like this dance school and all that as well as all the fight training and everything. So there's going to be uh, an Anna Darmus starring film with that, which I'm quite looking forward to because of, she's really building herself quite a reputation for yes, she's action films uh, Ghosted was an okay film, but she was very good in it, the action scenes were very good in it obviously, and she was in the last Bond film as well in a very memorable 15-20 minute sequence, so the future is there, but is it a good thing? Should we hope that they would just stop.
2: It's a tough one because yeah. always willing to kinda of give you things a chance. I'd it'd be nice to see some of the original stuff like John Wick, for example,
1: mm-hmm.
2: rather than try to just kinda of cash in on that. Because I don't really think the Wick verse is something we need. Like I, I think the film from me the 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 first one's the best one because it's a very simple story. Yeah, it kinda of hints at this overarching criminal world, but I said the time I got to three, I was like, I don't even care who anybody has anymore. I have no idea what's going on. Mm. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised with the fourth one that I managed to care again. the new characters were good. I mean, I'll watch them, I'll give them a chance, especially the films. I, it's something we don't need. No. Personally, but they've also kind of like tried to tie in other films, haven't they? The joke might be reversed like nobody. And it was that one by the hotel? It was a film that the hotel where the hitman go to. Oh, oh
1: yeah, 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 I know what you mean, yeah. I can't remember
2: what that was called, but I know exactly the film you yeah. mean. Yeah, that was very, oh, I, I felt like a John Wick spin-off in some ways.
0: Do you, do you think it was deliberate then that one of the characters in John Wick 4 was called Nobody? As if that's a sort of, like a code name for a character. Personally,
2: I think it's for a coincidence, and Nobody's a very, I mean, is a, a Mr Nobody in
0: the Fast films as well. It could all be joined up.
1: Oh fucking <laughs> hell!
2: I'm quite happy mm. to see. <laughs> <laughs> Fast and the Furious film uh, crossed over with John Wick.
1: Don't it's pitch crazy. them any more fucking ideas. I swear to God, the last time we spoke about this, and you were talking about something in space. I swear that's going to happen at some point as well. Well, so...
2: interesting enough, you were saying about the John Wick go for here. I think space would be the next logical step. <laughs> Unfortunately, so. If there's no more John Wick films, that's good because I yeah he's floating towards like a fish. Oh god,
1: I don't know. I mean, I would I would potentially watch the Continental Hotel series. I, I think I would. I think that'd be something I'd enjoy. Do I need to expand it out further than that? I need more spin-offs with side catches stuff like that. Probably not. I feel like it's ended on a as well a note as it possibly can. I thought four wasn't really strong film after the Disappointment of Three. I don't feel like I need the extra stuff. As I say, I'll probably watch the Continental series just out of curiosity to see what it's yeah. like. But I don't need any more. I don't feel yes. like there's a John Wick-shaped hole in my life.
2: <laughs> Did you stay after the credits?
1: Of course, yes. yes. Yeah. This is an amateur, ever so sorry.
2: It's not something I've done but they're telling me. But yeah, so that obviously sets up something as well. You're just... Yeah, yeah,
0: that's that... more of a spin-off as well, really, doesn't it? More than John Wick 5. She'll do the best. She'll yeah. do the best. The I kind of suspect that it's not the end of John Wick or Keanu Reeves' involvement in this. There was a... Without giving anything away, there are a couple of small hints in the closing scenes of the film that basically says there could be more. There could quite easily be more here and I think it was put there deliberately just so there's a door open for them to maybe do some more if they need to and they've got a a plausible way of explaining it but then again if it doesn't happen then it's not really lost on anybody you know it's still a, a sort of complete film in its own right. It's it's not not like the current trend of films not ending. You have to wait for the second part of it. That's going to come in three years' time or whatever, you know. So,
2: which is how Fast Ten
0: ends. Yep, and the Spider Verse, uh, Spider Man animated film. that's part one of two, and we've already had that with June as well. So, yeah,
2: Yeah, is anybody really care about June part two? Because
0: I do. I really enjoyed the first part.
1: I yeah, I enjoyed the first one. Very good film. Yeah. Yeah,
2: I just because it, just
0: it was an all came out, I know, yeah, you and know, it didn't come out, in, it barely come out in cinemas, remember, because yeah. it was during lockdown, it came out on HBO right. before anything else. So, right. that's
1: right.
0: So, I think we've thoroughly covered the John Wickiverse, um, so, and <laughs> I, well, I hate that we're
1: calling it that now as well. I hate it. Well, we're
2: going to do the movie scramble verse, and then Garab coming on, yes, <laughs> <the movie> <laughs> scramble. <laughs> I mm-hmm. scramble, the scramble verse. Um, but a wee bit of trivia. Uh, you're talking about the uh, Keanu Reeves uh, this guy being a stuntman. He actually was Keanu Reeves' stuntman, a stunt double in earlier films. Not earlier John Wick films, but earlier films they'd worked on together. And he was also Brandon Lee's stunt double in The Crow and stood in for him during reshoots.
0: Yeah, unfortunate reshoots, I think. Yeah, you unfortunate can call it, yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Maybe yeah, it was fun off when <laughs> they, they did oh, one please. scene, yeah. I feel also like have a connection between Cesar and John Mick as well. Scott Adkins and Jack Dylan both starred in Green Street 3.
1: Wait, there's a Green Street 3? Yeah. I don't even know there was a second one, in fairness.
2: I've oh, not seen 3 seen two. It's not great. But um, three. Yeah, there's a third one.
0: Yeah, these films don't get good until like the 7th or 8th one. <laughs> you start getting interested, does not That's a
2: really it? hit stride, and You get you get in space. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: oh, so, overall, would you recommend John Wick in the same way that you would recommend Cissu? Or is it... Well, I'll put it this way. What film did you prefer?
2: Well, I prefer I prefer Cissu, but it's that kind of way. If you've seen the first three John Wick films, I'm going to recommend it to you because even if the third one didn't like, watch the fourth one. If you haven't seen any John Wick films, I'd recommend watching the first one. But if you didn't watch anything else, I think you'd be okay, personally. Mm-hmm. I don't I really enjoyed the fourth one, I really did. But if somebody hasn't seen any of them and you're saying to them, there's four films and the last one's about two days long, so They might go, <laughs> Yeah, I just going to watch, see soon, it's 90 minutes.
0: Yeah, yep, in and out without uh Need a trip to the bathroom, yeah. I, can't, I can't go over that. So.
2: I would recommend it. Well, I'm not kind of way as well. So, sorry, I we've
0: Broken Mary. Sorry, it's just
1: because you said in and out without needing a trip to the bathroom. I forgot what we were talking <laughs> well, about. for goodness
0: sake. <laughs> Jeez, oh. where's your mind?
2: I'm starting to be great for it sounded a lull in a film and I'm like, that's just happened. Uh, the talk is should run and back I <laughs> yeah. miss anything no there's been times I have missed stuff I'm like bastard I have idea what's going on but I'm getting quite good at sensing the structure of the film see, so you see I need to move
0: <laughs> yep.
1: yeah no in fairness and you don't need to either I think it's I think it's tough because I really enjoyed John Wick 4 and I came out of the the cinema feeling absolutely elated that it finished on such a high note and there's so many different parts that I absolutely loved. Like even the wee bit where he trained the dog, just the bite folk in the balls, like I absolutely loved that. I think they're too, if you want like a sort of, yeah, if you want the big budget sort of takes its time with some character stuff and there's huge set pieces, then absolutely John Wick 4 is, is your gal. But if you want just like 90 minutes of absolute fucking chaos, then Sisu I think I, I recommend them both equally I got equal enjoyment out of both of these films
0: yeah it was a bit of a, a bit of a loaded question unfortunately because obviously Sisu is a one-off whereas yeah. John Wick 4 has said or is it
1: <laughs> well there is talk there is talk of a sequel no I was being sarcastic are you being real what is Do it that going that to be taking
0: it? part in the Korean war or something <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, well, let's talk about Sequel, then they'll probably have the verbs, and it'll cross over with uh, Bastards or something.
0: Yeah. Do you think the second film will be him, like, just riding into Berlin on his horse just to tackle the last of them?
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Find <laughs> like the bunker just, and empty it out.
2: <laughs> yeah, it just goes after Hitler. <laughs> you Hitler?
0: Not, not the pretend one that they they had left in the bunker. Yeah. The, the you, one see, you see, it
2: in Brazil hadn't down
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I would recommend <laughs> it.
2: See you in space.
0: Yeah, <laughs> 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 inevitably, it always goes there, not it?
2: You see, like, Hitler on a, a rocket, like flying out of the atmosphere. You just it looks so. He's at the window with Garfield, <laughs> right, smashing me in
0: with his pickaxe. Yeah, I... you'd
2: watch it. You'd watch it.
0: let's be honest.
1: Oh, just no, the you'd, no I you'd watch it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you'd watch it. <laughs> In between your Bigfoot marathon, you'd definitely watch it. Oh, God.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I hate so, that
1: though, that a film performs well and all of a sudden it just becomes a cash grab. Like, just let it be on its own. It was it was great fun. So just let it exist and that's it.
2: Yeah. See, for that's... me, that was John Wick for me, Vincent, because I thought the first one. I mean, was I saw a trailer for John Wick the first time. I wasn't sure if it was a piss take, because he like, killed my dog, and I'm like, is this a real film? Is this a comedy? Is this a spoof? Where's this going? And in the trailer, fish, and I went, I didn't see this film. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, I, I, I love films, and this is where both films have a lot of connections as well. I love films where you mess with the wrong guy. I love films like that. John Wick, didn't know who it was. And then it takes the car to uh, John Leguizamo's uh, chop shop, and he's like, You no idea who Joel is, you know, it's like, You have no idea of what you've done. And with this guy's very really with like the general talking to the Nazis saying, Well, just leave this, you've you've had a lucky escape with this guy, and you're sitting in a tank machine guns
0: going, eh?
2: What? No, we're gonna kill this guy. <laughs> so, I love films like that. You mess with the wrong guy,
0: yeah, it's always good, isn't it? Yeah, I would recommend both of them equally. I think they're different, sort of different areas of the spectrum of action films cover some similar ground but uh, they're very different types of films you can tell that from the, the way they were, they were created and uh, the way that <laughs> with the amount of money it was thrown at both of them as well but I would like to see CeCe getting a bit more love out there because yeah. it's just definitely worth it it's, it's 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 been very well received when people have actually seen it um, This is film
2: it's, that finds its Home yeah. on streaming, let's be honest yeah, but if I put a yeah. Netflix or that and somebody's going to watch it, it's going to go on TikTok it's going to explode and it's, people are going to be like, you need to see this film and they're going to be sharing clips of it on social media mm. It's this is going to get a massive audience once it's once its home video, I believe
0: yeah, I think so well, I mean, if you look at the likes of Nobody, which has been about for, what, two years? year and a half, yeah. two years and that just hit Netflix about two, three months ago and it was the number one film on Netflix, like for about a month or something, which is totally wild. It's still in the top ten there, so that's is there's obviously around? an audience for these films. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's done really well because uh, I was flicking through Netflix last night and it came up again, still in the top ten, and I watched a wee bit of <laughs> it. you know they, it shows you the wee preview bit, and it was the bit where he goes on. To find out about the tattoo and all that, and this old guy, oh, thank you for your service and all that. So, yeah, it's just cracking. Um, quite easily, I could quite easily watch it again. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's and, interesting. and that's, that's, that's yeah. an in and out one. It's like 90 minutes or so. So, yeah, you just yeah. don't mess about. So, that's it from us with regards to our big comeback pod. As usual, you can find us on the social media channels We're on facebook twitter instagram if you'd like to get in touch with us you can get in touch with us there or you can send us an email to podcast at you may be the first <laughs> <laughs> that joke never gets old we are planning to podcast uh, a lot more regularly than we have have been doing over the last week well we've got a number of th- things that we'd like to talk about. We're going to, still going to be continuing to talk about uh, new releases, as and where we can get to see them, and time constraints and things, but we're also going to be continuing with our Hitchcock marathon as well. We will consult the spreadsheet and figure out what <laughs> our, next, <laughs> our next pairing is going to be, and we'll get into that. But, dear listener, if you have any suggestions or ideas for like movie marathons or maybe films that have slipped through the net and you would like us to review it in any way. Please don't suggest Bo is Afraid because it's fucking awful. But, but, you know, (laughs) it it would make a good pod, put it that way. It would be an interesting discussion talking about it, it. But it's been a very difficult film to see because it was only in the cinema for about a week. And it did Is that because really it was badly. shite? <laughs> I don't. Well, again, it was a three-hour film I about felt it about angst, and you did feel the three hours in this one. But I don't know. My view may change if I watch it again. I may really hate it. You know, you never know. <laughs> you know,
2: I'm cool. I'm not going to watch it again.
1: Yeah. I, 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 I I've, seen, I've not seen it.
2: And, I don't have. Yeah. I don't have the same feelings uh, towards as you did, John. I just have no intention. There's nothing I think I'm going to get from it. Still I was so
0: just, I could be watching. I was just very disappointed because obviously Ari Aster has produced a couple of crackers before in Hereditary and Midsommar So see, uh, I'm I, gonna I, argue I, that was i one didn't I was like, really looking forward to it.
1: I didn't, mm-hmm. like, hereditary. I
0: didn't Midsommar like hereditary. is
1: a much better film. Didn't like hereditary, and that's why I felt a bit tensive about this one. And then you both said absolute, you know, gutter wank, don't see it. <laughs> and
2: that was it. <laughs> the shame I could see it the first half hour, 40 minutes, I thought, this, this film's fucking brilliant. What's John talk about? Yeah. And then, yeah, it just, it's, it's really pretentious. Oh. And yeah. there's one bit, I don't know if it was meant to, it was meant to be funny near the end. And maybe, and I can't wait to you see that so we can discuss what's in the attic. Um,
1: I don't know if I have three hours in me. I mean, in fairness, people laughed at heredity at certain points as well. Like, when oh no, no that's,
2: like- that's, 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 this, is, this is like, I, you need to, I, I can't spoil it for you, I can't. Alright, oh, okay, okay, okay. No. I
1: need to find no, three no, hours of my life that
2: I'm willing to say this, <laughs> this, this isn't like uh, people laughing because they're assholes. You find this is a, what the fuck? There's no way this isn't supposed to be funny. I
1: don't know if yeah. I need to. It's not funny. I don't know if I can do this to myself. The thing is, like, Wiccan Phoenix I really like and he makes interesting choices, but I just, I don't, I don't know if I have 50 hours in me. I need to really, really focus. And given that I now have in the back of my head how much you two hate it, I'm scared just that what, I go just, in just, and I'm like, that was brilliant.
0: <laughs> just watch to so twice.
1: <laughs> I'd rather, in fairness. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, that's it from us. Thank you very much. my, fellow podders, and thank you very much to the audience as well. One day we will, we will meet you, and we could probably all fit into a phone box, so that will be, <laughs> be lovely. I met, so, I met one. I met, one. I met wow. him
2: day to the Bang Bang podcast.
0: Of course, yes. Oh, Need to give him a shout out, because he's always mentioning us when he's publicising his own podcast, and he's obviously made a point of wanting to come on at some point. I think we will arrange that. I'll leave that up to you, Sammy. So we yeah. can Find a, a suitable vehicle for us all to talk about at some point in the future. I'd very much enjoy no, that. No holes barred. <laughs> yeah, I, let's go there. Yeah. <laughs> you,
1: mean, you mean this wasn't?
2: <laughs> oh, the Hulk Hogan film, No Holes Barred. Oh,
1: right. Okay. I thought you meant this in general.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. I, I knew exactly what you meant, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So, from myself, thank you very much. And from my other colleagues, are you going to say cheerio or are you you're not going to bother? Bye. Bye.